You're listening to And you're listening to the Clapcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the seller, and the vault. I'm the best. And hey, everyone, welcome to episode 122 of the Clubcast. It's Tuesday, May the 30th, 2017. Uh, it's our last episode of APA Heritage Month. Um, we're coming at you on Tuesday this week because Monday was a holiday, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day um, to You're all. I'm not supposed to uh, say that. I'm not supposed to. Oh. Factoid. Bloop, bloop, bloop. I don't know. Bing. I feel like we need a sound. I learned that I got corrected to not say happy Memorial Day. And that's like, it's like congratulating somebody for a funeral. Mm. So it's actually a very somber day because it's specifically for those who have died in battle or Mm. like died for the country. So it's different than Veterans Day, which Veterans Day is like everyone who serves and has served. And then this one is people who have died in combat. Okay. So So I'm an asshole. You're not though. See, like everyone was saying it. So like, I don't want to be that girl that's like, hey, you're saying it wrong. (laughs) Um, Because I learned, I said it wrong and then I deleted my... Mm. Instagram and then uh, yeah so I got corrected and I'm fine with that but I, I, it's like have a have a meaningful Memorial Day which is not a usual <laughs> wish that we wish but like I don't know what the proper thing is people still say happy Memorial Day and you know what they're trying to say but there's a difference and well, I, it's, it's, I think it's like a holiday so everyone thinks right. you know, holidays equals happy where, right. where I think people get conflated too because we have Memorial Day we have Veterans Day and people did, I didn't know the difference like you and I both didn't know. <laughs> so now the more you know, shooting star. Okay. Well, apologize to all of our veterans who have fallen and I'm um, sorry. So I went on Instagram and there are people who are saying, don't get mad at people for saying that because they're still honoring those who have fallen. And that's why they served was so that we could enjoy freedom. So there's this whole thing. <laughs> but in any case, I think it's good to know what we're acknowledging what we're commemorating that's all well because it's a national holiday we decided to take yesterday off and also i was out of town um on friday when we, when we usually record so we didn't have anything in uh the uh, pipeline for monday uh so we're recording now and it's just me oh hello my name is marvin Yue. Hi, I'm Minji Chang. And you know, we're your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America. And uh, it's just us this week. Um, we decided to just, you know, it's been a while since it's just Minji and myself chatting about being Asian in America. Life. So, um, and then... Um, I haven't even seen you. I've I know, it's been a while. You. I was up in the Bay Area this weekend uh, for my third cousin's wedding What's the third? You're my saying? it's so it's my grandmother's cousin's grandchild. Your grandmother's cousin's grand. Oh, yeah. So my our parents were second cousins, and so we're third cousins. But um, in this day and age, where our family kind of got like torn apart during the Civil War and separated, we don't really have a lot of families. So we're mm. um, my cousin's grandfather was really close to our family and really helped us out when we first came to the States. So we've, we've maintained close relations. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
Asians, I, I've noticed because we, I had this conversation with another friend just about family. Um, he's adopted. So he's kind of having this talk with other friends saying like he's not as big on the blood relative thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's much because of his life. Obviously, he's like much more emphatic about your chosen family. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, everyone navigates that differently. And I'm saying like, well, that's really big with Asian families is that you could hate the person, but they're still blood, right? So, like, there's this, yeah. like, strong bond, whether you like it or not. It's this, like, constant reminder that, especially for those of us who come from families, you know, we talked about how our grandparents' generation um, was war-torn. They, they, like, they lived through wars, like, multiple. Like, the concept of keeping people, like, your blood together surviving yeah the survival like it's survival of your bloodline of your even just like scraping together whoever can can make it out or whoever you can keep in contact with is is a huge thing i'm really curious now because i brought i was reflecting on uh what was it december christmas was when i interviewed my grandma about my past or Uh not my past her past (laughs) um which is you know an extension of mine but I really am curious lately more and more about my family, my potential family in North Korea. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask her, like, did everybody make it out? Like, who's still there? Yeah. Haven't ventured into that arena yet. Yeah. But I'm really curious. <laughs> How was your Memorial Day weekend? Um, I actually worked a lot. And so this actually ties into the family and the Memorial Day thing because I've been on... Uh, a really creative streak. And um, sadly slash ironically, that goes hand in hand with like some emotional turmoil, which is usually the case. Typically the case. Typically yes. the case. Like you, you don't make Minji good stuff when you're... Minji doesn't get motivated to a lot of people until she let like, me, has emotional me, turmoil in her let life. Let me... Because <laughs> a lot of artists do not create as nearly as often or intensely or as effectively when they're happy <laughs> so it's perfect for my very emotional is this self. like the, the 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 taylor swift model of um, songwriting of. or i learned that um ed sheeran is the taylor swift of male pop singers everyone is a taylor swift see so that's why i think it's so messed up don't get me started on that i think it's so unnecessary and and petty and like lame and patriarchal and stupid that we like peg it on Everybody been doing this since the beginning of time, okay? <laughs> the Greeks and the Romans did it. They were talking shit about their girlfriends and boyfriends <laughs> on the vases, all right? Like the sculptures were of their their lovers scorned. This is yeah. nothing new, y'all. <laughs> I mean, Greek mythology was basically like yeah. Zeus banging every girl he saw. Exactly. In like Cara, like he was like, Kevin Zeus Revenge. was the ultra douche lord, like bro, <laughs> who like you know, gets every girl and then like, has a bunch of children. And then they're like, oh my God, I hate that hoe. She's such a bitch. I I'm going to turn it, her it, into it. a deer. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to smite her with my <laughs> demigod powers or whatever. Same thing, y'all. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Again, universal themes. Anyway, I was writing a lot. Um, I'm working on writing a series. I keep saying this. I don't want to be that girl who's like, I'm writing all this and doing this. And then I don't produce. That's why I'm saying it out loud. Because uh-huh. I have to be held accountable. <laughs> or it will never get made. Um, but I've been watching a lot of stuff. 
And one of the things I had watched a lot, like we said, like I've watched a lot of dark stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what like triggered a lot. Of, well, is that, is that what's on your mind? No. Well, the the thing that brought me out of the darkness is uh-huh. what's on my mind was Hassan Minaj. Oh, right. Homecoming King. So we're going to just seamlessly segue into, now that I broke up the natural flow of this conversation yes. into our roundtable segment. Precisely. Um, before we get that, though, I wanted to really quickly, on the top of the show, encourage people to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, oh, you're Spotify, to the end. and also to a um, give us a nice review if you like the show, just in case those of you don't listen to the end. Very true. Yeah. Good call. We're delightful. <laughs> we do our best. We've been getting the really nice reviews lately. It's awesome. Just, it's been giving me a lot. No, I've heard from people directly. They're yeah. like, I listen to your thing. and, I, and then, It's kind of the, the, no, it's very sweet. It's, I'm very appreciative. But some of it's like, you guys are actually really good. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you respond to that? I don't know. You just say yeah. thank you because I was really grateful. I was like, because, you know, you we and try. I have this like 122 episodes in. We're like, do people still listen to us? <laughs> really? People what? do. People do. And people have written this fan mail. I know. Which is nice. It's so nice. Um, More. I need more. It's nice more to, to be f- appreciated. I need more to feel my ego. We're being very... It's not ego. It's also like... A bit <laughs> easing our insecurities. Um, I treat anyway. this as I get to talk to Marvin because I haven't talked to him in a week. I know we don't talk to. Have each other, you watched really. Hassan Minaj yet? I've heard a lot about it. I haven't been able to. I have so much on my Netflix queue and my Hulu queue. I need, I need to finish Handmaid's Tale. I need to finish Master of None. Apparently, I need to watch Hassan Minaj's Homecoming King now. Yeah, I've heard him do interviews about it. I actually I listen to more podcasts and I watch them. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, you've probably heard a lot about him because <laughs> I I didn't know as much about him from being a day, uh, correspondent. Yeah, for the he Daily was Show. Uh, he was the successor to um, Asif An- Asif Manvi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's on Rec? Yeah. Um, and Hassan, actually, the first time I ever encountered him. Well, because I had seen a, a clip from The Daily Show, but I didn't I didn't follow it regularly. But um, when I was at Aquafina's Comedy Central taping thing, when mm-hmm. she did the thing with Linkin Park, yeah, and yeah. I lost my shit, um, he was there. He performed. But he didn't have a special guest accompany him. He did a solo thing. Mm-hmm. He sang uh, What's My Name by Snoop Dogg. Okay. And it was really, really good. And I was just like, who is this guy? Because he does this little intro monologue. But he's just like very likable, very charismatic. And I was like, I like this guy. I like his vibe. Um, where's Aquafina? <laughs> like, but then, yeah, no, and then so he's had this surge, and then he spoke at the correspondence. Yeah, dinner. he was the host. So good. <laughs> so like he's on, been on this very strong climb, um, and exposure, and like y- y- highlighting everywhere, um, and he's just so good. I re- dang, I can't talk about it that much without you watching it because there's specific things I want to reference. I mean, you can talk about it. I'll probably watch it eventually. Well, I mean, it's a lot about family and being. Yeah. Uh, I think it's brown. really cool though that things like um, the the Ali Wong special and Hassan Minaj special have been getting so like so much love because like there's like a new comedy like a new comedy special on Netflix like every other week. I feel like right, but these are the ones that are getting like, not even every other week. It's like once every few days. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, but the ones that have, have captured the. Um, the I'm gonna use the highfalutin word, the zeitgeist of you know of of our community. Um, Are you highfalutin or lowfalutin? <laughs> um, have been these you know these comedians that we've known were really great for a long time, and now everyone else gets to see it, right. which is great. And like that's the way you get get 
the people need to see it to watch it is just to talk a lot about it. Yeah. Get it into the news. Well, I mean, that's really still, again, it, it, it persists through the test of time and technology platforms. Word of mouth beats everything. Yeah. Like if I trust you, and you and I differ in taste, but if you tell me XYZ is what really good, it will stick in my brain regardless uh-huh. of whether I agree with you on everything, but it'll be like, oh, well, Marvin mentioned blah, blah, blah. I should watch <laughs> it. Which, so I'm like reinforcing, you should, I think you'll really enjoy it. I'm sure I will. Yeah. Yeah, I just have time. Time is the biggest problem now. Yeah. And yeah. FYI, I was going to say, oh, you could just like, comedy shows, sometimes you can just listen to them, yeah. like podcasts. But this one you can't. Yeah. Because he uses the screens behind him. It's, nice. It's so good. I was studying it. Like, an, I was like, wow, this is like an upgraded art form. You're like, so Tom Haverford about this. I've been very <laughs> interested in stage design lately, just because I've been going to more plays. And stage design nowadays, like, they're using technology like in crazy ways. Yeah. You know, like, you think about plays, oh, it's just like a stage and some no. like weird props and stuff. No. But now it's like, it's like digital displays. Like, I went to the, um, the staging, the pre Broadway staging of Amelie. Um, RIP now it's um, t- being taken off Broadway early why I um, just didn't oh that's sad lost to Anastasia Anastasia mm. is like the, the big hit of the season um, one step at a time <laughs> one um, and another but like yeah they use a Hold lot of projection <laughs> and a lot of like even like projecting onto props onto the stage yeah it's really really cool yeah you know? that's why I've, I've been a theater geek for a long time and i i think when you compare to like what's cool and that's how i always felt i felt like you feel like a theater geek because it's not as cutting edge or it's it's a little bit more a lot pedestrian of real but cutting edge stuff but even yeah. regardless of cutting edge kind of like the experience that's why i like it is like the experience is so different when you're mixing elements that it's not just a person on a microphone talking to you and play is just like a few random props and an empty stage, you know, whatever. Now it's getting, like you said, really yeah. sophisticated and it shows true creativity in a different way, which is why I think Hassan is really speaking to like a very, very specific audience because he's speaking to the millennials. Like he's using examples yeah. from his life, not only photos, but just like to emphasize certain elements. <laughs> like it was, it's just so well done. And then the story itself is so relatable. And I'm not trying to ruin it for you, but he he does a really great balance of going really comedic to really dramatic because mm-hmm. um, it's really heartfelt. Yeah. And that's what I liked about this, that there's different comedians out there who be like just straight up filthy and dirty and no qualms. Like that's sometimes just that humor. Yeah. Some of them just go like completely off the wall and they're very like slapstick and theatrical. But I feel like now... Maybe things that we're gravitating towards, at least what I am, is more storytelling. It's yeah. very storytelling with not just straight deadpan, straight sarcasm, straight satire. It's and like heartfelt. I think that's, I mean, it goes back to this whole talk about representation, right? This whole talk about like, these are stories that like, we didn't know we wanted until we see it. And the stories that have been there, like it's within each of us too. Like, you know, there's a reason why there's all these stories bursting it out of you, just waiting for that emotional trigger to like get you to write your web series. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, cause noted, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But like I've gone to I've gone to different spoken word, you know, slam poetry things and and different stand up nights. You know, like in our world, we've gone. I've gone yeah. a lot of. I'm sure you have too. Yeah, I guess I've yeah. seen it done before. There's a lot of different ways, and, and I get what you mean when you say um, that it's the storytelling that really gets you because that's what gets me to like. That's what, when I'm looking when I'm listening or watching people do any sort of art, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's oh, songwriting, singing, singer songwriting. I don't know what the Yes. Um, singing, um, <laughs> performing you know, poetry, telling stories, or even just like making a speech. Yeah. It's the ones that convey story that really resonate and capture my attention because there's so many, like, this art out, there's art out there that's really more just like, maybe not angry is not the right word, but it's, it's just like kind of calling out and like yeah. really, um, you're not saying anything new. You're, you're just conveying how angry you are. Yeah. You know, without really giving me anything to work with. And I think when if I was younger, I'd be like caught up in that emotion. Yeah. But now that I think I'm older, I kind of want to feel more. I don't know if it's more context or more nuance, but I, I want more connection with with that, the art. That's you know? exactly what I was thinking. I think when you are when you break up the anger, there's nothing wrong with that, and yeah. there's nothing like it's very honest. But you gotta kind of let your audience like into why. Or you as like a person, and that doesn't, that's not easy when you're just like, and like yeah. it's all angry. Sometimes you gotta like let it breathe for a second and be a little bit vulnerable, maybe. I don't know. But then that like lets the like audience kind of get in there with you and be like, I get it. <laughs> I think it goes I back to it. even the beginning atop the podcast where you're, you're, educating me about memorial day uh-huh. and like there's a real easy way to say oh you didn't know that you're an idiot why didn't you know about that like same way that some of us say oh you didn't know about vincent chin what kind of asian are you like there, there are people who like shame you for not knowing something that you probably never thought about right um whereas you can very easily say oh you didn't know about that here's some other stuff you should know about or here's some other things you can you can check out or you know Here's what? what is, now that you know? you're articulate, well, it's getting very deep. <laughs> My whole childhood, I think that's partially no. That's kind of that kind of sums up how I felt growing up. Mm. I felt very defensive, right? And then in turn, in all of its ironic glory, I was like the perpetrator of that too. I was very. Uh, no, very know it all. Very like, oh, you know, because I think I, when I didn't know something, it was never offered to me. And like, oh, you didn't know that? Well, let me like share this with you, and yeah. so you can know this too. It was like, wow, you didn't like. Why don't you? Do-? And I was like, well, you don't know. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> like, we talk about this a lot, actually, like off the air, like about just the um, like the fact that like being smart is can also be used as like a weapon. Oh hell yeah. Know? No, and totally. Like, you know, like intellectuals are supposed to be the people thinking big picture, like kind of thinking about higher concepts to like push push society a, uh, along. But a lot of times, if you know too much, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm smarter than everyone else. Right. And instead of saying, I want to teach you what I want, I want you to be as into what I'm into as I am, or at yeah. least let you know about it. It's like, oh, you don't like what I like? Like, oh, you must be an idiot. You must be like... Or just like, yeah, not even like you, you don't like what like I... you must be like uncultured. Just, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. You're just so... That, okay, well, that goes into a whole other topic. Do you have a topic? 
I do, but we can. Okay. Yeah. It's, well, just, it's just us this week. So yeah, we can, we can talk about whatever we want. So sorry, guys. Um, that reminds me of the podcast that you got me on, which is United States of Anxiety. Yes, by the, NYC, yeah. The intellectualism. And that, that shit spoke to me, dude. Because it, it really. It's a, uh, I wonder how receptive I would have been to this if I were 10 years younger, right. or even five, to be honest, because this is like the evolution of Minji unfolding over <laughs> Collabcast. But I swear to God, like, even on Travis's podcast mm-hmm. that I listen to, and I don't listen to everything that I, I speak on, you know, I avoid it like the plague. I'm yeah. like, Oh, I hear you, my even voice. Like, you don't even like watching yourself. I love well, it's, Minji watching yourself. Even like looking at pictures of yourself. It's the worst. It's, it's really bad. And it just gets to me. I'm like, why did I care so much then? Why do I care so much now? Like, yeah. get over it. Um, but I actually listened to Travis's podcast because that was one of those conversations that we had this like intense conversation and I completely forgot it. Travis's podcast is um, wavelength. wavelength. It's available now on iTunes. And the that. first official episode featured our very own Minji Chang. Yay! I'm supposed to be going on sometime. Very cool. Soon, so we're we'll the insp- um, but uh, no, Travis like completely was encouraged and nagged yeah. into motion because of the last episode of Collabcast he was on. Yeah, well, he pretty much took over as host. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah, so. we told him you're natural, so he listened. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I listened to that episode, and I, I critique myself to no end, which is not a particularly great characteristic of mine. It's a very actory characteristic. Shut like. your face. No, it's just very, well, that and very mingy and like, I'm very, I don't know. I struggle with it because I'm like, I kind of like that. I can be very critical. <laughs> I think uh, you just, I, uh, you, need, you, need, you need to embrace your perfectionism, but also understand how that makes other people around you feel. <laughs> very true. Yeah. See? And like, that's being revealed to me in different ways. And um, maybe people don't have to go on a podcast to realize that. But when you hear yourself talk for an hour with a really dear friend. And Travis has this really great way of um, making me feel super at ease. And we have a great friendship for like, what, six, seven years. Yeah, so I trust him. And so I just, it all kind of flows out. But I was listening to, I'm very honest with him, but listening to yourself, you have to then objectively hear yourself like, wow. So you sound like a very arrogant person, which maybe a lot of other people wouldn't think. And my friends are very, very generous and kind and encouraging. But when I hear myself, I'm like, oh, my God, like, shut up. Because I can like see through. I was like, I know you're trying to assert there. I know know what you're doing. You know, because you did. Do you? But like I was I was just flown at at that conversation. I was just flown. Do you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I listen to myself every single week for, to edit. You this. listen to every single episode? Well, I have to edit it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Marvin. How do you listen to yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just, um, I'm like, oh, that was that was a bad joke. Or, <laughs> oh. I come back the next day and I'm like, Marvin, I'm the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, I don't know. I think being able to be critical of yourself and like, Come out in a frame with like, oh, that that wasn't the best I could do. Yeah, I can do better next time. Or even like just understanding, oh, is that how I come off? Right. Like, um, 
and not totally having an existential crisis and break down, I think is part of, you know. Well, in 122 episodes of this, maybe like a fraction, I'd say probably listen to, like fully listen through probably a third of, maybe a quarter, let's be real. Um, But like really listening to myself has really opened my eyes. And I don't know if any, what what everyone else's journey is and not everyone hosts a weekly podcast. But if there's some way to like deep dive into that, it's scary waters. But I think it comes down to accepting your just how like, you know, you you have your personality. I have my personality. People seem to like how we play off each other, um, apparently. Um, But I think when you go back and listen to it after the fact, you start thinking about what other people might think. Yeah. And that also colors your your perception. But at the same time, like, I feel like. People come to at this point, like if you've been with us for you know even the last like couple of weeks, you know you're coming to our podcast because you want to hear what we talk about, <laughs> like or what we think about things. Um, so I think us trying to tailor it to what we think people might accept, right, would be also a betrayal of right. You know, so that's that's yeah. the that's the the eternal juggle that you're doing <laughs> of like how do I I want to stay very real, but then you're very aware increasingly aware maybe or you can either shut it off or just become more hyper aware and less sensitive to it but like i'm like okay don't like that yeah but still gonna try to work on it while not censoring myself yeah I'm going to totally double tangent here. So one tangent is Hassan Minaj <laughs> and his Homecoming King has a whole segment on what will people think? And it, I, that's all I'm going to say. And it's so good. Okay. Um, and I was like, yes, 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 yes. Summary. I mean, final reaction to that is like, fuck what people think. Yeah. At the end of the day, let them think what they're going to think. It's none of your business. Just yeah. do your thing. Hard. If you don't like us, there's so many other podcasts you can listen to. Like Travis's podcast, where you can listen to Minji Chang talk. No, see, <laughs> we don't want to do. We do hope that this is like I don't know, sparking some light bulbs or like, yeah. like some catharsis. Second tangent, but actually coming back to original topic. Okay, was the intellectualism Great. thing the yeah, hyper yeah. like the, the thing the critique that I had about it, it was very very minor. It's not like I went on about it with Travis's podcast, but I was like, wow, you it, it, it hit a nerve in me. I was like, when I the way I mentioned it. Was that like, I think I always really like banking on being smart Mm -hmm. to like make up for a lot of other flaws or like, you know, lack in, in my personality or in my looks, which I'm like, this is such a recurring theme, but it's really, this is what I'm writing about is just how much of my brain space has been occupied by how I look. Mm. like freaking out about it mainly hating it mainly in those two things and like you know just i don't want it to just take up as much volume of my brain that it does i think that's another like that that's that's a whole topic to itself you yeah. just find someone to talk about just like, yeah um i don't want to get the, the guy's media portrayal of beauty and just how it's like me how it's everything. part of even how, capitalism even how, yeah like how much um, how much perception, how much external displays of wealth and culture and like aesthetic right. dominates our like And our see culture. if you put that into yeah. categories as a young person, like you have these different things of what validates you as a human, right? And um, for better or worse, a lot of our upbringings were shaped by that. 
Yeah. Right? Like, if you are pretty, like, my cousin was a really, I have real, several pretty cousins, and they were always just doted on. And I didn't receive that much acknowledgement of like how big my eyes were because they're not and like how long and graceful my hands are when I play piano because they're not I'm, I'm the short little one like that's just my thing um with small eyes but like and the big big voice and a very big voice but you know what I mean so like you don't recognize it again until you're way older but that fed into the that recognition of like wow I really was like that chick that wanted to be smarter than everybody so that I could feel better than them yeah it is. It comes from a not trying to share. It comes from a place of like trying to put superiority. Yeah, and that wasn't intentional. That wasn't a conscious thing. But like reflecting back on why I had to be straight A, why I needed to like go to X Y Z school. Like, I'm very proud that I got in UC Berkeley. I worked really hard, <laughs> and I worked really hard to get straight A's. But when you look at the why and how. It tells a different story than just, oh, she's like really smart and she's Asian or whatever. And what does that even mean? And does that, that doesn't make you better than anybody. Um, yeah, that was like part of what I was writing about last week after listening to my <laughs> thing with, with Travis. And then I thought of you because I thought of that podcast yeah. episode. Yeah, it, it, it's a really good um, episode. Everyone should check it out. It's the um, United States of Anxiety. I think it's episode four on their new season. And it's basically just talking about like America's relationship Love, with intellectual intellectualism, like, uh, and it's really yeah, it's and it's a lot of it's both love and hate because like I think it comes down to human nature, like of competition. people like <laughs> holding stuff over other people. Yeah, you know, like I have this, I have, and you don't have that. Oh, how sad for you. You know, oh. instead of saying, oh. here, why don't I share something? Like, it's, you can even say that with wealth. Oh, I have money. You don't. How sad for you. Instead of like, you know, maybe. Oh, I have 20,000 Instagram followers and you don't all. <laughs> it's, uh, we yeah. do that, y'all. Don't, don't act like, don't front like you don't. <laughs> like, we put people on pedestals because we're like, they have so many people that follow them. Like, it all comes for me right now. And now that I'm getting older, it all comes in under scrutiny. It's yeah. like, why does this matter? So, yeah. yeah. I'm glad I get to talk about this with you because you and I have kind of dived into the different <laughs> facets of what makes Asian people Asian, right? And the education part is like a really big deal. Yeah. And I never really, again, looked at the why or how as deeply until I heard myself. And I was like, <laughs> well, so I mean, the like education, a checkpoint. Check yourself. We're getting to the point now also where like people... There's a difference between knowing you don't know something and wanting to like improve and like knowing you don't know something and being proud of that. Right. Right. And I think yes. we're seeing some of that too. It's just like, I don't need fancy, like you don't need fancy school to succeed in life. Right. But to like be gleefully ignorant or like to be gleefully misinformed about things, that's, I think that's the frustrating thing about the anti intellectual like yeah. movement. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, you don't have to believe all the science behind global warming, but like, don't like <laughs> close yourself off to like anything about it. Right. You know? Right. So I think, I think the purpose, uh, my concluding thought of the, the why I brought this up is that because well, Minaj is awesome. Hassan Minaj is awesome. He really tells the immigrant story and immigrant child story well, the millennial mm -hmm. story very well, the social media story very well. Like, just really good. Um, but 
we're constantly checking ourselves. I'm constantly checking myself. I'm learning a lot through having to watch and listen to myself. <laughs> um, and in this day and age, like there's a lot that's being thrown at us every day. And so I'm trying to learn how to respond better and not yeah. react to read up on things before I make some sort of like excessively yeah. emphatic, opinionated emotional response. Emotional like response. And there's enough people doing that for us. Right. You know? And I feel like I think that's good. I think this is our like our pledge or our like <laughs> our statement. Acknowledgement. That we, we wanna be the type of Inform smart people that like don't yes. give that like feeling of inferiority to people we right. talk to. Right. You know? And and then you know, whoever's listening, I don't know what your your influence was. Not even mm-hmm. just your formal education. Obviously I'm a really big I think learning is so much fun and it's awesome, especially when you care about it. It's like it's incredible. And especially for us, like we acknowledge that there's stuff that we don't know about. Too. Hell yeah. And no, that's constant learning best you know? thing about getting older is like <laughs> a you have less fucks to give but then yeah. you also know that you there's so much you don't know and you're okay with it yeah and then you just like oh i need to read a book on it or watch something about it if whatever your Reading, learning yeah. style let's is. watch there's so many documentaries yeah <laughs> no documentaries are awesome um unless it's a keeper then it breaks your heart but um but also, you know, ne- never, I'm never going to downplay the importance, the the treasure, the privilege that education can be and is. But it's kind of the attitude mm-hmm. of um, if you are so blessed to have had a great education, to be someone of high intellect, um, to have all these big ideas, it's it's good to reach back and like see not from a place because I'm not calling anybody out saying that this is all how you all think obviously everyone's really different but in case you are the same little lost girl that I was that needed to feel better than somebody by being like an intellectual bully in a way (laughs) um you know the you we can all grow up (laughs) first of all it's fine you just like well that's who I was and then also I just think now more than ever, it's it's really helpful, beneficial, kind. Um, just be a good human and like give it back somehow, whatever. And I don't know, still don't know what my means is going to be. I'm just yeah. trying to write that wrong. I mean, it's the same way. Like you know, when 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 I was running the blog and we had a full blog team, you know, giving that feedback, I was very cognizant of. When I was in, even in college, I was probably the most insufferable peer editor because I was like, oh, you used this comma wrong or this doesn't make sense. Like I was very, very proud of the fact that I was a good writer and people, other people weren't. You are a really good writer. That's why you have to suffer me. I'm like, Marv, edit this. (laughs) But now I, 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 now I, I come at it in the more like, you know, okay, this is how you can maybe straighten this point or just how yeah you know like don't use this type of structure in a sentence because no one does that then people but you give a reason why that's a different thing and you don't say oh you're a bad writer (laughs) it's like when you You don't know that that's hard feedback yeah that's like that's the like hardest thing maybe Uh, i don't know i want to hear i feel like we there's so many things we need to unpack from like this conversation yes like outrage culture hot take culture uh, intellectual culture inability inability criticism um (laughs) apologize to everyone trying to follow along hopefully you've been having fun listening to us this is how Um, uh, this is how we talk with each other yeah um but i think these are all good topics to dive deeper in yeah that's why i want to take a moment here and ask our audience if any of these are 
if you're feeling us at any point, and this is very true to like your experience or you have something to add to it, I want to hear. I want to <laughs> know what, what, what this is all about. This is yeah. just our take. Uh, really quickly before we get into our break, I wanted to talk about, I guess what's on my mind is I've been reading The Sympathizer, um, which is a book by Vietnam Nguyen that won the Pulitzer Prize, I think, either last year or two years ago. Um, for our book club, uh, I run a book club podcast called Books and Boba. Shameless plug. Check us out yes. on the po- podcast network. Um, but it's been really, really interesting. I'm like more than two thirds of the way through. And it's just really, like we were talking about you know, like different stories, different experiences. And this is like a story about the aftermath of the Vietnam War told from the, the perspective of like someone who came with the refugees. And from like, you know, we see so many stories from the point of view of the soldier in Vietnam, the American soldier. Like now we're getting to the point where people are telling stories about the American refugee, like mm-hmm. that experience, like things like the sympathizer, things like... um Viet Gong, which is a great play by Queen Nguyen that's, um, I think, mounting in uh, San Diego soon. Um, so that was just the one that was released last fall, right? Um, I or think no? so. Like a year ago, um, it, it's, it opened at the um, South Coast um, Repertory. I swear, in, I think that was out when I was OC. in New York. It was in New York, and it opened in New York in fall um, yeah. off Broadway. Yeah, 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 October. It's a really good one. Um, and all these stories from like just a different perspective. And the funniest thing, and I'm going to like, talk more about this on our book club podcast so check that out later um on books and boba but there's a whole like middle part where the main character becomes a consultant for a vietnam era like play much platoon type story and there's this whole like just three chapters dedicated to representation how like they had like refugees playing Viet Cong and villagers and how like the actors, the Vietnam actors were like casted as like it was a Korean dude, a half Chinese guy, girl, and like a Filipino kid. And how like in this story ostensibly about them, they weren't allowed to represent themselves. And it's just so like Fun so times. meta. So um everyone should check that out. Check out that book because it's really good. And that's what I've been that's been what's on my mind, because I'm trying to finish it in time to discuss. I want to borrow it after you, so I'm gonna start nagging. Yeah. I'm almost sure. done with crazy rotations. Nice. I picked it back up. Has it gotten any um, better for you? It's <sighs> the third book just came out. You got two. It's so overwhelming. Like it's it's a soap opera. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna read that coming up. So when when I read that, maybe leading up to the movie, we should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's why I'm reading it. It's because I I saw Jimmy Oyang last week, and I yeah. asked him to show me pictures from the shoot, which he did, <laughs> and they're awesome. So I was like, nice. dang it, I need to read it. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about, I guess, this month in APAM. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Clobcast. I hope you've been enjoying yourself. Um, The Clobcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community across North America and beyond. Um, You can learn more about Collaboration as well as check out our other content offerings by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. And remember, that's Collaboration with a K. In addition, for those of you in the Atlanta, Georgia area, Collaboration Atlanta 2017 is coming up soon. Next Thursday, in fact, on June 8th at the Aisle 5 Theater. As we mentioned, my co-host Minji Chang will also be in attendance as the host of the event. So if you'd like to meet Minji, um, please stop by and say hi. 
If you're in the area and interested in checking out up-and-coming Asian-American talent from the Atlanta area, you can get your tickets now at aisle5atl.com. Just search for the event Collaboration Atlanta and get your tickets today. The Cloudcast is also a part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian-American community. You can check out all of the great shows of the Potluck Collective by going to our website at www.podcastpotluck.com. Every week, I like to plug a different podcast from The Collective, and this week, I wanted to draw your attention to Fresh Creatives, which is another podcast that I host along with Chris Dinn and Porter Young. It's a podcast where we get together and create fresh new story pitches from ideas submitted from you, listeners. We recently recorded a live episode at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival with special guest host, director Andrew Ahn of Spa Night, and Jess Jude, the director of operations at CAPE, the Coalitions of Asian Pacifics in Entertainment. It was a really fun episode where we created a highscaper featuring Girl Scouts and the Fire Festival. You can check out that episode and the other amazing narratives that we um, spin on the show by checking out Fresh Creatives at the Potluck Collective website, along with the other great programs at the Potluck Collective. The website, once again, is www.podcastpotluck.com. And on that note, I hope you all had a great Asian Pacific American Heritage Month um, as we enter into June and summer. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Clubcast, and uh, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Clubcast. It's episode 122. Uh, my name is Marvin Yue. I'm Mindy Chang. And we're uh, your only hosts this week. You're welcome. Welcome to the end of APAM. I think um, what can I going say? forward, I think we're... Probably reserve the last episode of the month to just a check-in between Minji and myself. Um, just talking about what's the state of the world, I guess, in our in, in our um, in our minds as the as the um, staff of Collaboration Global. Um, and yeah, we got some shows coming up. We do. Um, you're going to Atlanta next week. Yes, for Collaboration Atlanta, they have a really cool lineup of. Artists, I'm kind of jealous because you get to go down there and eat all that good southern food. I won't be indulging too much because I am in my 30s and my metabolism is not what it once was. <laughs> so sparingly, but yes, I will. Uh, Atlanta collaboration. Atlanta is going down Thursday, June 8th at aisle five, and I'm really I'm actually hosting. Nice, yas. Um, but I, I had so much fun. I feel bad that we didn't get to plug this more because they had each of their finalists take over their Instagram oh. every day. I think I plugged it. I didn't plug the Instagram thing, but I plugged the show on during the break. I'm going to make them do it weeks, again. Yeah. They have another week, so they can do it all over again. <laughs> it was really fun, and I love getting to know their finalists. It's, um, it's just a good inside peek, and I love kind of just lurking in other people's lives. <laughs> I think it's really awesome that we're seeing this new generation of like Asian Americans from the South like coming stepping up and like creating stuff you know gm mazawa uh, dropped his new album this month too which is which has been our theme song for the last couple of weeks north Cag, and Miami like Bows. yeah every single track on that Carolina, album is what the kids call fire yes fire fire it's lit yeah uh, but he's on spotify he's been he's been on a lot of charts lately yeah doing very well Get it, G. G. Yamazawa is his poetry yeah. from 2012, where I cried. Collaboration alum, when he was a spoken word artist, um, 
And even then, he was like, we asked him, like, are you ever going to do rap? He's like, I don't know. The rap and poetry is so different. Yeah. But uh, it's great. We had G on a, as a guest uh, a little under a year ago. A comedy comedy fest. Yeah. Um, so check out that so episode. We should bring August, him back. August yeah. of last year. Yeah. yeah. He's been busy. He's been like collabing with Chucky e. Kim and stuff. Yeah. It's so cool to see our friends work together that, <laughs> yes. Um, it's been a crazy month. A lot of stuff happened this month. We're like in what, I don't even remember, like month four, three, four of the resistance. Um, I don't know. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of crazy stuff last week. Like, I feel like, so. Um, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Time for like just a, a well-being check. There's been a lot going on, especially this past. I feel like, I don't know. Does it feel like things are getting more violent lately? Like, there's just been, like, there's the, the Ariana Grande concert thing that happened. Yeah. And then, like, so, like, terrorism abroad, but also here, too, from, like, there was the Portland stabbing that, yeah. like, I feel With like. two guys that were trying to defend Muslim women. Three people, actually. Three. Two of them. Two of them died. Two of them died. One of them is recovering. <sighs> and it's becoming more and more crazy. I'm I'm honestly getting worried too because we're getting into summer and there's like correlation between what heat does to people yeah. and global warming. Um, yay! I'm like <laughs> totally. But let's just I mean take a second to be. Re- I'm stressed as hell, dude. Like yeah. I do my absolute best to stay positive, to meditate, and that's my resistance is relaxation resistance because I know the sooner I unravel, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a ripple effect, and I, and and that's what I I feel from other people. I cannot tell you quantifiably in data points who and how and when I've seen X Y Z. It's just a feeling I have walking I mean, around in the world. You feel everyone, especially everyone around us, who edge. are in the advocacy world, in the activist world. Yeah. Like everyone is so stressed. Yeah, every day is another crisis, and there's just so many like distractions too you know like on one hand you have um you have all these scandals happening on their hand you have like smart people doing shitty things to people you know like taking away health care or like so then how do we do this then marv because like this is my thing i've said it so i'm not i've been on my soapbox about you know i accept listening to complaints and 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 you know griping and all yeah. that stuff if ideally it is in the context of trying to form a solution because there's a time and place and there's certain friends of mine that I will bitch just a bitch yeah and it's very therapeutic and I'm not against anybody doing that <laughs> but I'm more of like a on a on more of a social level, right? Because right. like we we are on these our devices and our platforms every single day. That's like an undeniable fact. So then, how do we how do we create our own positive ripple effect? Yeah, because it's it's resistance is action after all. Like, right, you know, like resistance without action is just complaining. Right, and I don't. I really know. I know for a fact that we're not just complaining. There are good yeah. things going out there, but the thing that gets a lot of it's clickbait and it's um. There has been a, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's momentum of stress and and i think that's thread that's part of it, is there's just been so much to be angry about yeah you can spend all day being angry like even this past weekend in memorial day um the indy 500 there was a japanese driver 
on the Didn't Andretti team. Did some dude say he's one. like uncomfortable? Yeah, that won the you know, the big race, and like you see him like being happy, drinking milk, even though I'm like you're gonna like poop all that out in like ten seconds. I'm being totally stereotypical right dairy. now. Yeah, <laughs> um. maybe he can too. <laughs> But like, yeah, that was like, this is bad. That was my first thought. Like, man, he shouldn't be drinking all that milk. That's a lot of milk. Because I know. (laughs) I know that life. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he like, and there's this, I think it was a Denver Post reporter tweeted about being uncomfortable that a Japanese man won the Indy 500 in the American race on Memorial Day weekend. And it's just like, what are you trying to say? He's not trying to say you know? he is saying it. He's racist. And he ends up getting he ends up getting fired by the paper, which is like, yeah, that's what you can't say things like that anymore. Even suggesting like Well, you can just means you might not yeah. be able to pay your phone bill anymore. <laughs> but just like the whole like there's so much to get angry about. Yeah. And yeah. and I and that that reaction or that public statement from a journalist or is a journalist, right? The yeah. writer guy. That warrants a reaction. Yeah. However, and that's what's going to be popular for its day. Yeah. And I think maybe that's also something to recognize that like we do react and we do have our outrage about XYZ. It depends on who you are and what you, what matters to you. But maybe it's also telling of how long certain things get their day in the, you know, zeitgeist yeah. sun. Because in- it'll be there and it'll be gone quickly too the new cycle right yeah yeah and it's i think this 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 particular round has just been really tough and rough it sticks more i think the negative stuff sticks more it's not like we have a lack of positive stuff but i think yeah rage begets rage it's very easy to just get on that train and then have it speed up the more people that get on it yeah because it's a downhill I'm getting very physics, like <laughs> Using hand motions. Yeah, friction oh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> just centripetal yeah. force. No, that means nothing. It's easy to get caught up, and like, even like there's in addition to the attack on not, not that this is like on the same level, but there's that guy got beaten up at the OC night market for yeah. not letting like a white guy cut in line. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, it is. It's been. If we're at this juncture, I think we'd be a little silly to say, look, the current political climate and social climate has taken a turn for the worse right now. Um, There has been a lot of hate crimes and racially uh, fueled conflict um, that has been empowered and released I, I like in my head the the imagery is like it's a it's a like a horrible beast that's been unleashed you know yeah people are like it's okay to be, be shitty now yeah, be an you know? it's open season for sh- being shitty but in light of that i also say it's open season to speak out really strongly against it yeah so then it's um the yin and yang thing it's my yeah my confusion <laughs> upbringing but i'll say fine i don't i'm not i'm not opting for let's lie in ignorance and that for the sake of like for the sake of implied peace because it's not this yeah. all have been under the surface and people have been mad and there's also like the confederate statues that have been taken down yeah you know in the south and people you're trying to erase history and we're like we're not erasing anything. You just don't have to commemorate symbols of. <laughs> I think the like, the New Orleans bigotry. mayor like said it perfectly. Like, you know, you, like putting leaving these statues out means like implies that we're celebrating these figures that, by all intents and purposes, were 
at at best traitors, at worst like slavers and like people who believed in currently like un-American things. Right. Right. Like why not put them in a museum where we can add context to it? See like why like give context to why these things should be commemor like should be memorialized. Right. Right. We should know our history so we don't repeat it. Right. Because right? that's what we're seeing kind of right now is history repeating itself. Oh, it's totally. You know? And that's that's the I think that it speaks in not in a non judgmental way, but it's just like people are very we as humans are very now mainly noun focused because we're living our lives now. Yeah. We don't we're not uh, everyone's not taking like every second or every uh, incident and and then like context you know historically contextualizing it. Well, you know, back in some people might the hyper intellectuals they might go like, well, in Rome they did you know <laughs> well, Mesopotamia. I mean, this reminds me, you know, like you might you might not have that. Yeah that ability to just like jump back to like XYZ time and say, well, what we learned from that is da, 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 da. I kind of feel like that's why I like APAM because all the more intellectual like shows, right. On NPR and stuff are like digging into uh, Asian American history and like right. presenting like things like Manzanar, things like internment camps, things like exclusion act, things like business chin and educating, you know, again, how much of that is to the intellectual echo chamber. We don't know. Right. But, but at least, yeah, it's happening in that chamber yeah. <laughs> because that conversation wasn't there. Um, other thing I want to like, just, this, uh, this is my celebration. I don't know if other people are going to be offended, but I, I got a kick out of it. It's that a bunch of New Jersey kids uh-huh. totally <laughs> burned Paul Ryan. Well, what happened? Well, there's like a field trip of a hundred, I think it's like 150 kids from New Jersey, middle schoolers, like eighth graders, mm-hmm. went to Washington, D.C. It happens every year. They happen to run into Paul Ryan and he wanted to take a group photo for the gram. And like half of them said no. Oh. That's a lot of kids. They're just like, no, we don't want to take a picture with you. And this one kid, Matthew, he's 13 years old and he spoke with a reporter and he's like, I don't want to take a photo. I don't want to be associated with a man who chooses party over country. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Jeez. <laughs> I was like, high five, Matthew, piss <laughs> But it's, but you know what I'm saying? So th- for me, at least, that was like a very positive story. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like these kids are 13 years old and woke as hell. And I don't think I cared or knew what the heck was going on at all mm-hmm. politically until like <laughs> the last 10 years in any fashion, unless I had to or did it for class or something like that. I mean, I feel like when we were growing up, though, there wasn't. It didn't seem like there was a crisis. See, right. same thing as art. Things happen. Things move with more intensity yeah. and force and movement in times of calamity. Yeah, and I think we're. <laughs> it's. It'll be interesting next few years, especially as our peers come into office holding age. Like, there's already people our age holding oh, office yeah. around the world. Yeah, right now you know. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of perspective we bring to the political discourse. I'm using a lot of highfalutin words right now, but like it's fine, Marv. You're where like it'd be interesting to see what the how because millennials are the children of the baby boomers, so there are a lot of us because there are a lot of them. Yes, right. So when we come, we're gonna be a powerhouse. 
we're gonna be the new block. Well, know? it's funny because like another millennial reference, but the BuzzFeed there's a BuzzFeed listicle of clapback responses of millennials to the baby boomers. <laughs> it's just like we should make a millennial version of Monopoly where we go around um, the board renting everything but not being able to buy any houses. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny, but um, you know, I mean that's another like that's another identity that like we struggle with because there's a lot of like millennial self-hate too yes you know because we either buy into the the narrative that like the babies tell us that we are which is our entitled little babies um which exists in every generation yeah but at the same time like yeah but we're also making do in this like we're adapting to this we're new scrappy world, you know that's like the yeah. word that i would like to use a lot when I see a lot of millennials, I think the ones that I admire, I I like that word. I like people who are scrappy. It's people who make the best of what they have. They're smart and it, it drives a different kind of – you're kind of mixing uh, being intellectually smart, like academically smart, but also just it's street smart. You got to figure <laughs> it out, right? You got to pay your rent. You got to eat the food that's going to become your Instagram yeah. <laughs> food blogging thing. Whatever it is, whatever floats your boat. But you have to, you got to be scrappy and be a little DIY with life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this whole new culture of like woke young people is a direct, um, a direct result of having too many smart people with too little time and access to internet. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Because we have... Not that everyone thinks about, like, like society and stuff, but we have a lot more time to really, like... When, when things that are supposed to happen don't happen. Like, you know, we were, we were sold a bill of goods that worked for our parents, but didn't doesn't work for us. Yeah. You start wondering, what, like, why did the system break? Yeah. Why are we paying for it? And, like, the best <laughs> way to resist or the best way to, you know, like, shove all these conceptions about our generation in people's faces is to, like, when people... Prove them wrong. When, yeah, to prove them wrong, to, like, even if you're not, like, making bank, right? You're, you're not doing something productive from a value, like, making money sense. Like, if you're creating value for your society, for your whole community, for, like, you know, if someone, like gets on your ass about like oh like you're sitting at home living at home no your mommy daddy's paying your bills yeah but i'm like you know working for the dog shelter i'm working for the community shelter like i'm providing this this from a community or like volunteering at the library or doing something you know and like if i'm allowed to do this because my parents will help me with my basic necessities and i'm able to work these jobs with my skill set um Whereas they don't typically couldn't afford someone with my skill set, like that's providing value too. That's something worth right. doing. And that's you know? and, and you're 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 framing that in like a very like you're helping the community, which is dope. You're helping yourself too. Yeah. Like it it really starts a ball rolling. Um. And we've all been there. This is not coming from like well, I never had to, like we've all had to have our struggle in different ways. And um. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this topic, but I just. I'm I'm sick of hearing from the boomer side, and yeah. I had a talk with my mom actually, um, like a week and a half ago, telling her because she's so worried about me. She's yeah. like, "You're not married, and you don't have a house yet," um, and that was really weighing on me. But then I stopped and thought about it, and I read that Buzzfeed. I was like, "Look, mom, we're in a different 
generation, and I'm not trying to use that as an excuse. I'm not trying to tell you to stop being concerned about me. Yeah. But I would like those things that you're talking about. I would love a partner. I would love um, a house. I would love, you know. But also, the world we live in has kind of changed a lot. And we didn't enter the same economy with the same expectations as you. So I'm just trying to say that so that you can not stress me the hell out and prevent my house from manifesting by making reminding me quote unquote that i'm not living up to a certain standard yeah you know what i'm saying it comes from all sides of like we got to adjust our focus of all right this is this is what we're at in terms of what we inherited from the boomer generation change is inevitable fine but then also what are you going to do about it because i again well you get the more tired you are you're just like i can't <laughs> complain about this forever we are the the aging millennials, and now there's Gen Z, and they're the save. I think they're going to save our universe. Please, please do well. I really believe in. I'm one of those weirdos that really believes in the younger generation. I feel like <laughs> I'll wait for them to kind of show what their like their strength is. But like, I feel like let's not already look to the next generation to save us. Let's like, you know, let's try to save, no, we're, let's we're, figure out we're, like we're, our role too. We're you know? holding down the yeah. fort. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's important. That's, see, and that comes with like getting all the glory. Do you know what I'm saying? That like, no, I'm not looking at their, like the saviors, but I really think that they have, they're inheriting a different mindset and entering a world with different skill sets right off the bat that they can develop very early on. We're kind of the interim. We're a little bit of a transitionary, transitional, generation got to hold down the fort make sure things don't get too effed and i really i don't know i'm like putting out and our generation too i do i i think the young people for better or worse i trust me and it's not like i'm ignorant to all the ridiculous shit out there that makes you like your brain melt and you're like why we can't have nice things man i think i just but i believe in i, I just, believe in young people <laughs> yeah i i feel like i i don't there's this other narrative that's forming where even the boomers are seeing Gen Z as a way to fix the problems the millennials leave. They because they that's so funny that they it feels like, it feels like so little faith written, in us. They've written off our whole generation as like a like whiny crybabies, you know, like who aren't worth like who aren't going to amount to anything. Right? Wasn't that, that that's the, kind the, of the feeling? Wasn't that the way that they looked at um, kids from like the sixties and seventies? Like, like the the hippies, yeah, and the hippies, the, yeah. 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 So again, history is cyclical. I don't care. But they held it down, and we we're still here. We survived. Fine. <laughs> fine. Y'all, we're all gonna die. <laughs> it's fine. I really think that millennials. We're holding down the fort. We're 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 keeping things stable as like much as possible. I feel like we're like the the crouching tiger. Yes. Hidden dragon. You don't even know like, what's coming at you. Yeah, like they don't like we're about to come into our own in a big way. We are like, right now. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Like we're about to we're, we're we're running for your offices, we're gunning for your promotions, we're like about to take over. And like I think there's this narrative, there's there's this there's this general um idea that we're all lazy and we don't have goals or we don't have like we're super idealistic um just wait till the idealism reaches the boardrooms and the chambers and everything like with this intellectualism <laughs> yeah like we're overeducated for sure because you know that's that's up for debate if you're talking strictly academically are you talking well i'm saying like there's more college educated people of our age than like any other generation right before. 
but someone can counter that. And I, I kind of like, there's people who can't make ramen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, how do we, how do we merge practical smarts? Like that's a big problem that we can't cook that because we're like getting blue apron all well blue apron actually I, I feel think like, yeah, I feel like I feel like that's No, that, I that kind of I don't think that's a that's a They don't know how to sew a button, they don't know how to change a tire. There are very practical things that I would not I don't like the very middle class you know, immigrant child in me, like book smarts are not the end all be all. Is it really important? But again, kind of going back to the intellectual. I guess I'm not seeing that as a counter to the fact that like that's not going to prevent millennials to succeed. That's just another. I, I, you're. That's great if that's what you think. I don't think so. I think there needs to be because it's a very grounding, um, foundational, relatable. But I feel like those are all like common. So there's a reason why there's a gig economy. There's a reason why automation is like. A lot of like millennials who have started businesses, we're going to things where we're, we're automating service tasks, right? Things like that. Society in general, especially like technologically, like kind of progressive societies, like those are things that we probably at some point will be like we'll have robots too, or like we'll have like. And you're cool like, with we'll that. We'll have computers. I mean, it's it's not that I'm cool with that. I think that's just the way where like, we're headed. Where we're headed, like you know, we're moving from a capital intensive like manual labor service economy to a more automated service economy. We've and, already been though, and that's what I'm saying. Like to I don't a think, large degree, that's fine. And I think that's the world we're gonna live in, at least in America, in like maybe the next couple of decades. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think understanding like there's a difference between not knowing how. But understanding why it's important, right? It's why it's important to know where your food comes from, why it's important to know about supply chain, about how like sustainability and things like that, and to have that awareness. Um, but not knowing how to like I mean, cooking ramen like that use boil water. I mean oh, even the sw- I mean There are people who can't do that, Marv. You can argue, but data tells us there are a lot of people who cannot cook a balanced meal. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking, right. and you're saying, and that's but very, that's why things like Blue Apron exist, right? But that's what I'm saying. Who can afford to use Blue Apron? I can't. Like I know, I I have to go to the market and buy it for myself, and like because, so I'm saying I mean, there's there's different strata, there's like different levels I mean, guess, of people's yeah. priority, and and it's it's an it's a it's an assumption and expectation of you're saying okay if you didn't know how to cook your own meal that you would still know and care about agriculture sustainability food well, I mean, whatever and that's 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 not necessarily correlated or like uh do you know what i'm saying I like think, it, I, mean, I mean i mean even take a look at like i feel like that's why like, like our generation is good at innovating right our generation is good at seeing problem solving it right that's that's what like a lot of the um a lot of the people building apps building services even our um chefs local by Roy Choi, that whole the whole business model is based on sustainable, nutritious, low cost options to areas that can't afford it either because they can't cook or they can't afford Blue right. Apron, right? Right? Like there's there are solutions, and when you know you get people in Popular. power, when you get people in power to create the policies, to create the culture, to create the society that accepts that, I feel like it's it's something that will eventually. I don't think it's a it's what's holding us back is what I'm saying. Okay. I guess. I don't know. Maybe it is. No, but. I I'm I'm like marinating on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, to cook up later. I mean, 
our strength. I'm again, maybe, and that's maybe different areas. I feel more. Yeah. I feel more hopeful, and other areas I don't. Because I, for, for me, I feel like if you're don't. For me, I'm a very like old fashioned girl. Sometimes I see when you don't have as much connection with your food, which is why that food movement exists of like make your own food. Because once you do, you feed yourself. You care more about what goes in your body when you're paying for it and you're preparing it. There's more of this connection. I'm very hippie like that. Yeah. So I'm saying you can automate that, make it cheap, and everything. Doesn't mean people are going to buy it. Doesn't mean that they're going to opt for it because. Because in and out still available. I mean, if, if you make it, awesome. if you make it cheap, you make it good. People will because it's cheap. If it's cheap, that's the thing. It's it, a lot of things come down to an economic problem, right? What can people afford to feed their families, right? So have there been the, studies around that? Yeah, I mean, the, the policy discussion there is how to make healthy food more accessible. That's that's why there's. Debates on well, school yes. lunches, debates no. on like food yes. deserts, things like that. Like, but if you also have the healthy option, it's the same price or it's cheaper, and you have a salad compared to a burger, right? Well, I mean, maybe instead of a greasy burger, a lean burger. Maybe instead of like a double, like that's a super idealistic. I mean, like, I, I'm really, but I, that's I the want thing. That. Like, you know, even like a burger isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want the cheap burger is like the McDonald's cheeseburger, which is like tiny thing right if you're talking about the big greasy things that people love those are like five six bucks you know i mean no it's like seven eight now. yeah i mean you can make a good like but a, a salad decent, is like 12 i mean we're we're we're, com- we're complaining salad with healthy eating like eating healthy eating is just salads healthy eating isn't just salads yeah but vegetables you know? are freaking expensive that's a reason why people like poo poo all over like farmers markets and stuff because you can't afford to get local organic f- vegetables and fruits Right now, I get what you're positing for like the future, and I want that to happen. I just don't know if that's going to equate. Just watching like sociologically, like human behavior, given all these options, if they're going to actually choose. I love how this has turned I into mean, like a public. Health we're state. coming back to the fact that, like, Be I don't think I don't think people there. not knowing how to make their own ramen, which is like. It's a survival skill is what I'm saying. It comes out to a very, very basic, like, know how to... But I don't think that's a reason to write off our generation, you know? I'm not writing yeah. anybody off, but it's a fact right now. So I say you can't, you can't fix a problem that you're not acknowledging, right? I'm very... I keep... Again, I'm coming from a very hopeful, I expect, our generation and, and the one after <laughs> us to rise to the occasion. But if we're going to, like, like, we got to keep it real, that there's some issues right now of, like... Being able to do things for ourselves and like that, the, the, the it comes back to even stuff that we talk about with this with uh, with being Asian, right? Stereotypes have a, have a shred of truth in them. They don't exist for no reason, right? You can't act like it's like some preposterous <laughs> falsehood that you, somebody just made up out of nowhere, right? So I'm saying if you, this is something that you don't like, then like let's acknowledge it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm not hating on people from that meme. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess I'm just hearing like because that's that's the biggest thing that the the boomers call us out on. It's like we don't have sense. We don't have like wait, we're we're coddled, right? We people do this for us, and I feel like I don't buy into that. Like honestly, like if you want to talk about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like people will feed themselves when they have to, you know. And, I also like, if, have... if, if part of that is like figuring out how to boil water. I mean, you can boil water or the microwave if you need to you know (laughs) i feel like i feel like you're coming from a very specific context i've seen for with my own two eyes and maybe and again i only know my generation i didn't live my parents or anybody else's before right 
but we have accessibility and then it comes it, it was, i'm saying i'm keeping it real from my perspective too i look at my credit card bill and i'm like i bought groceries but i ate out all this like a bunch of meals because it was convenient and because i need and then i'm complaining about like why i can't like not saying like okay if i didn't eat those meals suddenly i would have a house right mm-hmm. but it's like even budgeting and then also comes back to higher levels of education like we're not even being taught how to like use credit cards and budget in the first place i never learned that in high school i slept through econ and all we did was worksheets and videos that were made in like 1982 so right. there's a problem there too um and I'm not saying it's all on us, but we got to acknowledge the problem. If we're seeing that there's this lack of, like, why don't we have home ec anymore? That guys and girls, everybody should be taking. That that should be part of a curriculum. That's not an extra. That's a survival class. You know what I'm saying? Just so that you have the basics down. You know yeah. you can boil water in a microwave and is what I'm saying. I mean – What's, so we got to fix the, the educational what's, what's system. What's the solution to that, right? What's the solution to fixing education? Getting people in part of the policy, which is getting people who think like us into office where they can create policy. I mean, I'm yes. just saying, like, the people who think like our parents, uh, who are very much more capitalist-minded, will create policies that benefit them and benefit that mindset. Like, people but see, that's what I'm saying. About, the things, yeah. the things that we're thinking about. Right, like the policies that if you and I were put into like the head of the education, which I say I'm more qualified than Bessie DeVos, I'm just saying. But like, if that were the case, I don't think the policies we put implement are not in the mindset of like growing the economy. It would, well, you know, I know. it's a trickle down. That's not, I'm saying that, like, but that's their mindset. I mean, all these all these things come down to like how do you solve this problem of people not knowing how to make ramen? On one okay, hand, ramen is, was a bad. On example. one hand, was like there's two solutions on one hand is yeah creating policies or creating a a educational system where people learn that Mm -hmm. and the other hand is like how do you make that how do you do that for them in an easy way easy cheap way right those are the two like one is a entrepreneurial business problem solving mindset one is a policy um life skills mindset which i also love right yeah so there's multiple ways to go about it i'm just i'm yeah i'm not (laughs) reinforcing i'm calling it out so that we can grab it by the yeah whatever and do something about it because that's a real thing. And I have a brother that's 10 years younger than me. He's in a different generation. I want him to feel good and adult and self-sustaining. And that's it builds on itself. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think that, you know, my parents will take the attitude like they didn't give us enough or whatever. It's like, no, you you set the groundwork so that we figure things out for ourselves. Yeah. And I'm not saying if you did give it to us, we'd be terrible people in that scenario either. <laughs> it would just be a different challenge. I don't think they like... I don't know, like screwed us for life because they didn't give yeah. us a car each, you know, when we all turned 16 or something like that. It's different things. They gave us work ethic, you know, I work my butt off and sometimes I need to relax a little bit. But anyway, hope you've enjoyed this like deep dive. This is how Marvin and I <laughs> live our lives. It's a, it's a miracle we get any work done, but this is actually our like catch up time. Yeah. 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 It's uh, we, we, we used to argue more about like budgets and guest performers <laughs> yeah no I don't, i'm not arguing with you i'm being enlightened i'm really like yeah. i i love that it comes back to <laughs> comes back to policy but some people might take that the wrong way is what i'm saying yeah i mean it, it just comes down to be the there, change yeah be the change understand like like our generation i feel like is we're really great at problem solving yeah. we're really great at like okay i need money i'll drive uber 
or right. I'll run Postmates. Yes. Or, you know, this, the gig economy runs on, like, you know, you talk about working service jobs, like, we're pretty much running the service economy in major cities right now because you got us running Postmates, you got us running Uber, Lyft, um, TaskRabbit up in the Bay, you know? But that's also, yeah, there's also generations of people who don't have access to all the technology or a yeah. data plan that lets them do that, which is ironic. But, like, yeah. there's also... You know, I, I, this is what uh, Christine Chen, shout out to Christine. She's always um, reinforcing the idea of do not fear or um, belittle yourself in thinking that rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty is anything but awesome. Like, it's it's a good thing to dive right in, to volunteer, to, like, learn some skill sets from the ground up. Like, start at zero. It's fine. Yeah. And the longer you're delaying that, I mean, the longer your, your parents are going to be yelling at you. You're like, why do you have a job? <laughs> well, on that note, um, I think that's a good time to call it. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this episode of the Collabcast. We're going to try to do just Minji and Marvin episodes um, dun, every, every dun, once in a while. Dun. Dun a month. Um, and hopefully we can, um, you know, we don't get to talk to each other as much. We're usually talking to our guests. True that. So, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, don't forget to send us an email. You can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts on our RSS feeds. And um, what else? Don't forget to give us a rating review on iTunes. Um, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, log on to your iTunes and you know, give us tell us what you think. Thank you, guys. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for sticking with us <laughs> through all of this. Um, thanks again to Giyamazawa for use of us on North Cat for intro and outro. Hope you all had a great Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Um, APAM is over, but that doesn't mean you can stop celebrating being Asian. Never. And awesome. Never. And um, yeah, and those of you in Atlanta, come out to Collaboration Atlanta next Thursday, June 8th. Minji will be there. I will. I'd love to see you. Yeah. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Yeah, have a good week. See you later. I'm the truth, man, looking real false Whenever I hit the booth, I come out to an applause If I'm talking to my crew, you heard a sudden draw Yo, I ain't talking to you, stop eavesdropping the ball I be rocking with y'all, I be off of the wall A pit bull off the leash, I keep locking my jaws I see a cop at the mall, I see a cop at the fault Peter picking a fight, I can see the Viking in y'all One of my punchlines are where your Viking and off I know I'm frightening y'all long as a mic is involved Relocated to Cali, but I ain't liking the smog I'm a southern north star, I be the light in the dark